The Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D.com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. again uh, it's seeming like I could probably talk the rest of the year on the gift of righteousness (laughs) there's so much to talk about in this you know understanding of what righteousness is all about but today I want us to understand the advantages and the benefits of being made right right being made righteous in Christ because of Christ amen and I, I I wrote down Three advantages I specifically want to teach on for the next three weeks. Uh, You might be asking yourself, uh, like, Pastor, uh, aren't there more than three? Well, yes, there are. There's probably 20. How much time do you have? (laughs) But first today, I want to talk about that last word on that slide you see up there. I want to talk about the word peace, having peace with God. The Bible says when we have that peace, it's a peace that passes all understanding, which is, you know, you don't get to understand it all. You just have to trust him. You just have to believe he has his best ideas for us in mind. Amen. And next week I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about and stress the fact that in Christ we now have access to God's everlasting grace. And it's not only grace that saves us, It's grace that sustains us all through our lives, no matter what we face, past mistakes, present circumstances, where we're going, and it also helps us go straight into the glory of God when we need to. Amen? And then I'll be talking about how secure we are in God's love because of being made righteous. We're secure in God's love. And in this world, you need to understand about security because most people are insecure. And but we're not we're not in any way moved by what's happening around us, because our rock is Jesus. Amen. You can and you keep that in mind as we go through. So let's go to Romans four. The reason I'm going to Romans four, I really am in Romans five. But what you learn about when you read this book, the book of Romans, is it was written as a letter, and wasn't broken into chapters that we read today in our Bibles. It was one letter. We read it in chapters and portions and pieces like or parts. But in fact, it was written as one large letter. So I'm going to start in Romans 4.22 and read to 5.1 in the Amplified. Verse 22, Romans 4.22 says, That is why his faith, that's he's talking about 
Abraham there. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Meaning, and it's parenthesized there, right standing with God. Right standing with God. But the words, it was credited to him, were written not for his sake alone, verse 24, but they were written for our sakes too. Isn't it good to know that we've been included? Amen? We've been included. Those who are in Christ are included in our standing of righteousness. And we're not written for our, his sake alone. But verse 24, but they were written for our sakes. Righteousness standing acceptable to God will be granted and credit to us also who, what's the, what's the major word there? Believe. Who believe? Entrust and adhere to, rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God. And then Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, I mean, when it says therefore, it's talking about the scriptures we just read previously. That's what it's there for. Therefore, since we are justified, which means acquitted, declared righteous, and given right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace, the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Amen? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. See, grace is Christ himself. Simply replace the word grace with Christ, and you got the message. Stay focused on that, and you'll always know what grace is about. It's not an ideology. It's not a theology. It's not a doctrine. Even though people like to make it into one, it's not. It's the person, Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God that saves us, sustains us, and eventually will get us into eternity. I'd like to read two. I'm going to read Romans 5.1 out of my... New Living Translation. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And that's why it's so exciting when you talk about the word peace. So we have, past tense, been made righteous in God's sight through faith in Jesus, and we now have peace with God because of what Jesus did for us. I don't know about you, but there's, I sometimes spend days just thinking about all the things Jesus did for us. You know, what he, what he provided for us. Jesus died to set us free from the penalty of our sin, which was mixed with condemnation. We've been set free. There's a freedom, amen? His death freed us from all the shame associated with our failures and truly absolved us from all guilt before God. That's why we can stand here every morning, every Sunday, and worship him. Because we've been set free from guilt and shame and condemnation. Amen? And he rose again to secure our righteousness forever, qualifying us for every promised blessing of God that's written in the Bible. doesn't matter if you know all 7,700 that are there. 
just know a couple of them and be happy about it. Amen? Because of what Jesus did for us, we have perfect peace with God forever. The word peace in Romans 5.1 comes from the Greek word E-I-P-N-V-N. You can find it in your Strong's Concordance under G1515 if you have a Strong's Concordance. But according to Strong's Concordance, it literally means, the word peace literally means to join with God as one. To join with God as one. To be fully rested in what God will do. And you don't have to worry about striving. And according to another word study in the New Testament, this word peace means to be bound and joined with God as one. Another affirmation of the other one. It means assured, confident, and secure in the love and the care of God. Again, according to Romans 5.1, the first benefit or advantage of being made righteous in Christ by faith is simply peace with God. And when God gave us his perfect righteousness as a gift, we actually became, become one in him. They call this union in Christ. And when your life, in a, it, when you live your life and think and believe, have a belief system of this truth, you begin to live with the abiding peace in your soul, and in your heart. And in your life. And it's valuable when you're trying to operate in a world that's full of, you know, chaos and craziness. But we live confident and secure in the loving care that he has for us. Peace is the result of relating to God based on what Jesus did for us instead of what we do for him. That's that simple. And those who believe they are separate from God and think they have to perform up to a certain standard to be pleasing to him will never experience true peace. They'll never find it. They'll be frustrated. They'll be angry. They'll be mad. They'll be kicking and pouting. And they will always wonder if they're good enough to really be ta to, to take care and be loved by, by God himself. In the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve literally a simple choice. Actually, two choices. Adam and Eve had two choices. First, if they so desired, they could eat of the tree of life. Who knows who the tree of life is? Jesus. And live as one with the Father by embracing their true identities as sons and daughters of God, which was completely based on the Father's good opinion of them. Remember last week I talked about the word glory out of the, and I, out of the Greek word, and it meant the Father's good opinion of us. The Father's opinion of us is good all the time we sing it do we believe it we sing it but do we believe it or secondly God gave Adam and Eve another choice and the choice was that they could eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and judge for themselves who they were based on their good or bad behavior I mean most of the world is stuck there they look at themselves by behavior if they're good or bad. Well, we got Christians there too. But Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit of their own judgments. They chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that choice separated them from their father. And just as God had warned, that choice brought death and condemnation in their hearts. And spiritual death will always and forever be separation from God. But the good news, hey, the good news 
the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came <clears throat> to redeem us and reconcile us back to our true and original design before Adam and Eve made a bad choice. Amen? And through simple faith in his finished work, we become one again with our Father God and never to be separated again. I will never leave you nor forsake you, the Lord said. And the moment you trust Jesus, he declares you and I righteous, never to change his mind about us ever again. And we now have perfect peace with God forever, forever, forever. And this peace comes by realizing that your heavenly Father declares you righteous and it has made you one with himself, changing the way you respond when you encounter trials, tri trials in your life. And as you awake to your new, forever true, God-given identity as sons and daughters in Christ, you will never fear news about the economy again. You'll never fear your children's bad choices again. Or somebody's negative opinions about you or somebody you love. See, Jesus did something to change the way we live. It affects our lifestyle. You are a son, a daughter of the king. You are loved and adored by your father. That's how he sees you. He loves you all the time. He doesn't, well, you do something bad, he doesn't go to the refrigerator and take your picture down and stamp on it. That's what you do. Well, that's not what he does. But he came so that we can live confident and secure in our Heavenly Father's love and care no matter what our past mistakes or present circumstances look like. He still loves us every day the same. And it never changes. It never wavers. Let's go to Psalm 112. Let's go down to verse 6, New Living Translation. I'm in. Such people will not be overcome by evil circumstances. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Sounds like victory to me. Number nine, verse nine, they give generously to those in need and their good deeds will never be forgotten. How, does, how do God's sons and daughters respond to life's disappointments when they know that they are righteous in Christ? Does bad news trouble them? According to these scriptures, it does not. Because we're settled in the good news. We're settled in the fact that we have the free gift of righteousness all the time. Once we're made righteous by God, he doesn't say, oh, how many, you know, God's not like us. He doesn't give and take away. I know it says that in Job, but that's old covenant. We're in the new covenant. In the new covenant, he doesn't give and take away. When he gives, he keeps on giving. He keeps on giving. Amen? 
As God's sons and daughters, we look at life's troubles differently when we embrace God's word, his truth, that we are righteous in Christ Jesus all the time. Amen. Say, I am righteous in Christ Jesus all the time. His righteousness endures forever. Fear is always the byproduct of being unrighteous or sin conscious. If you know who you are in Christ as a son and daughter of God, and if you know that you've been made righteous in Christ, you're not thinking sin conscious. You're thinking Christ conscious because you are one with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, it says in Corinthians. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. See, but peace with God is the fruit of being righteous and knowing it without any doubt. That slide there says fear is a disease that steals your peace. Amen? And when you live in unbelief, which is unrighteous or sin consciousness, you live thinking you are separate from God, and those thoughts produce death, which produce shame, guilt, and condemnation in your heart and mind. You live thinking something is wrong with you and that you must... You might, you, and, that, and that produces fear in your heart when you encounter trials. See, fearful thoughts such as, did God bring this test or trial in my life? Is God mad at me? Never. The war is over. Say, the war is over. <laughs> there are a lot of people today saying, is God mad at me? I hear that a lot. Is he trying to teach me something? Not. He doesn't teach that way. In fact, God doesn't even use you. A lot of people say, I just want God to use me. What are you, a tool? Are you just a piece of, like, a, are you just a hoe that we just plow the ground with a hoe? Are you just a tool? Or are you a son or daughter of God? I've never known any parent to use their children. And if Father God is my parent, why would he want to use me? He doesn't. It's just wrong thinking. It's just wrong language. It is not right. It is not true. And there's lies and thoughts that we have to unlearn and deposit somewhere else, probably in that place God uses it, the sea of forgetfulness. Just put it over there and forget about it. Amen? Does he really care for us? See, these fearful kinds of thoughts disappear when you understand that you have peace with God. The Father's good opinion of you never changes, and he is not angry with you anymore based on your behavior. And he promised he would never be angry and punish you again. Let's go to Isaiah in the message, 54, verse 9. It says this, this exile is just like the days of Noah for me. And I promised then that the waters of Noah would never again flood the earth. And I'm promising you now, I'm promising you now no more anger. The Bible says it. No more dressing you down. Amen? And then when you go to that same verse, and I'll be reading out of the New Living at this one, verse 10, 54, verse 10, it says this, For the mountains may depart, and the hills disappear, but even then I will remain loyal to you. 
the mountains may depart and the hills disappear. But even then, I will remain loyal to you. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. For even if the mountains walk away and the hills fall to pieces, my love won't walk away from you. You can count on it. My covenant commitment of peace won't fall apart. The God who has compassion on you says so. And that part there is from the Message Bible. But these verses shout, shout it to us from the new covenant that we are right, 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 right now. Fear is simply false evidence appearing real. Or forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. Amen? And anyone who teaches that, that God is angry and punishing people for their sins is calling God a liar based on these scriptures. They're calling God a liar. Because he promised here in Isaiah 54, 9 and 10 that he would never again be angry and punish you again. Does it say this or am I lying to you? Did we read this or am I lying to you? Am I inventing some crazy thing in my head? My covenant of peace will never depart from you. I will always love you and have compassion on you, says the Lord. And I, that's where my, my wife read Isaiah 54, 14. In righteousness you shall be established. It's your foundation. It's your sustaining. It's your salvation. It's your sustaining all the way till you get to see Jesus face to face from glory to glory. And the thoughts of oppression and fear will not come near you. Fear will no longer control your life as you embrace the truth that you are one with God in Christ Jesus. And when you are established in righteousness, those oppressive lying thoughts such as, this is my fault, I have to pay. What am I going to do? What if God doesn't come through for me? These thoughts will all be replaced by thoughts that God loves you. And his thoughts are never of evil about you, ever. Jeremiah 29, 11, memorize it in 25 different translations. You'll get still the same good news. God's great opinion of you. Because he said, I freed you from all your guilt and shame. Why don't you just shake it loose from your think system? See, in me, you're qualified, the Father says, and your salvation has made me righteous. We all have peace with God in Christ Jesus. And our Heavenly Father loves and cares for us and will work it out for us for all things for our good. All things for our good, for every circumstance. Present or past. Past mistakes are present circumstances. See, but a sin-conscious, unrighteous mindset is one who thinks they are separate from God, and his opinion of me is always based on my behavior, which equals fear. Because when you think you can't measure up, you're going to be dealing with a lot of fear and a lot of anger. But yet, guess what? You can just throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. Amen? Because righteous thinking equals 
I am complete. I am in complete union with God because of Jesus. And his opinion about me is, is never, is never, and in his opinion about me, he never changes because of Jesus. It's always the same. Peace. 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 A peace that passes understanding. And so based on everything I just taught, you don't ever have to worry about his opinion of you during tests or trials. First of all, all you have to do is believe he ain't testing me. Let me ask you a question as a parent. Do you test your kids? No. You don't put your kids through tests. You just love them. You keep speaking words of hope and love to them, encouraging them. You don't test your children. You think the father's testing us? That's wrong thinking. It's lies. Get over it. You hear somebody say it on the radio or on TV? Tell them he's wrong. They're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. My Bible says something different. Amen? Because in Christ, we have been, past tense, made righteous, and we have peace with God all the time. Compatible with what they're preaching on TV. See, God sees us all as forgiven in Christ. I mean, when you're in Christ, all your sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. I don't know if that blows some fuses in your head. It should. Past, present, future. And he sees us, God sees us fully qualified in Jesus. Why? Because we are one with him. And when God sees Jesus, he sees you. The same. So rest safe and secure in his love and care for you and take notice that he will demonstrate his unending salvation in your life. You just didn't get saved by grace. Now you kick grace to the curb. What are you going to do? You're kicking Jesus to the curb because he's grace. Jesus is grace. Continue to awake yourself to his righteousness in you. In Christ, we are made strong and established in our new identity in Jesus because we were created to be loved and to glorify our heavenly Father in heaven. So do everything you can in your own power to let go of your own effort of good works and completely rely upon Jesus as your righteousness and watch as the manifestation of who he is in you springs forth into every area of your life. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. But verse 8, Romans 2, 8. Since says, in you he made alive, verse 1, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. And your trespasses and sins, and he made you alive. That ought to get you to shout. I think we should buy a church with more chandeliers so we can all sing, swing on one. Amen? Maybe get some handles on them, too. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the pride, the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, not the sons and daughters of God. See, in my, in my world, in the kingdom of God, my world as a son or daughter of God, there is no devil. He's defeated. If you have a devil fighting you, then you have given him authority and place in your life. 
He doesn't belong there. You were not, you don't, you're like Jesus. When the devil came to Jesus, he said, I can find nothing in this man. We should be the same because we are one with him. Amen? I can give you two scriptures and now you know I could. Well, let's not do that right now. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're already there. You're already sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the, excel- the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I'm in the New King James, by the way. Don't get confused. Look at, look at that. It says up there in verse 5 in parentheses, by grace you've been saved. But then again in verse 8, for by grace you've been saved. Apostle Paul loves saying it twice. Sometimes three times, sometimes four times. Much more, 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 much more. That's Paul, who was the apostle of grace. He was the apostle of the new covenant. He wrote two-thirds of your new covenant in your Bible. Two-thirds. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. The New Living Translation says, we are his masterpiece. What would you do if you had a Billion-dollar masterpiece in your house. That's what God's got in you. You are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm not saying you don't do good works, but you don't do good works to earn anything. He did it all for us. So we would never have to earn by good behavior or by church attendance, or by giving, or how long we pray, or how long we don't pray, or how much we do, or how much we don't do. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. See, the power of God's amazing grace is at work in our lives 24 hours a day. And we, when we embrace the free gift of his righteousness and throughout this teaching series on the free gift of his righteousness found here in the book of Romans, we will be learning over and over and over and over again these important truths. Number one, righteousness is a free gift of God's grace. Righteousness is a free gift of God's grace. Number two, You can't earn it by your good works. Not one thing that you do. You know why I give generously? Sometimes more than 10%. You know why? Because I realize what he already did for me. And I have to be generous 
and just imagining what he did because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How many of us are willing to sacrifice our son for the sins of the whole world like the father did for us? It is received, the gift of righteousness is received through faith in Jesus alone. Number four, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Number five, Jesus died to forgive all our sins and absolve us all from all guilt before God. But we stand not guilty. We stand in peace with God. He rose again to secure our righteousness forever. And those who receive God's gift of righteousness and overflowing grace will triumph over sin. Will triumph over sin. Because grace is the power to live a righteous life and glorify God. We are now with Jesus and heirs of his glory and nothing will ever separate us from his love again. Nothing. Romans chapter 8. You could read it. Number 10. In Christ, we are forever qualified to be his ambassadors, ministering reconciliation to whomsoever will believe in him. We're ambassadors for Christ. We all have ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, telling the world that God loves them. Amen? And part of his love is that he was willing to absolve you of all your sins. And when we fully believe and rely upon Jesus, righteousness will be the fruit of our lives. See, true obedience in the new covenant, number 12 is my last one. True obedience in the new covenant is trusting and relying upon Jesus. And now since you have heard the true gospel in the book of Romans, you are now equipped to recognize any message that does not point to Jesus and his finished work and say, that's not God. That's not who he is. My God is not angry anymore. And he will not punish us again. It says it in Isaiah 54. So when somebody starts preaching on TV or on the radio that God's going to punish you, you got the wrong message. You're being deceived. Or somebody's going to tell you that God's mad at you, he's going to get you. You got the wrong message. See, realize that the joy of the Lord is his calm delight. It's the rest in him. It's the peace in him. And don't let anything steal your joy. Don't let anything, not even a person, not even somebody talking, not some guy who, who may even have fifteen or 20,000 people in his church and he's saying something that ain't true. Remember, that joy that you got from righteousness abides in you 24-7. I have the joy of the Lord deep in my heart, amen? And it's God's gift that will take you from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. And as your heart becomes established in righteousness and the love of the Father, sharing the good news will become as easy as breathing. I don't have a hard time breathing. I don't have a hard time believing that God loves me 24-7. Amen? That's amazing grace. Amazing grace. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, but all things... But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor 
brought us into harmony with himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Verse 19, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. Remember, you have to remember this, that Jesus has already died for the sins of the whole world. He's already paid the price for every person in the universe. When will we wake up and committing to us a message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God making his appeal, as it were, through us. And he's not using you. You're his son. You're his daughter. We are the family. We are the children. Amen? And we as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become endued and viewed as beginning in and examples of the righteousness of God. Amen? With him... By his goodness. It's not the wrath of God that leads to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And then the righteousness that we have will encourage others to place their hope in Jesus as well. And then the righteousness that we have will encourage others to place their hope in Jesus as well. See, when you start believing in the righteousness of God, remember the first one I, I spoke on, I said the number one word in the book of, in, the, in Strong's Concordance for the definition of righteousness is innocence. You in Christ are innocent. But if you look at yourself as a piece of garbage, then you're going to see garbage all around you all the time. But when you start viewing yourself as God views you, your life will change dramatically. You'll start thinking different, acting different, being different, believing different. It's important how we think as Proverbs 23, 7 does say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we have to get some new belief mindsets. Amen? Start believing that the things that Jesus has said about us our Bibles is 100% true. Amen? 100%.
1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, death swallowed by triumphant life. Who got the last word, O death, O death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening and the law code, law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death are gone in Christ. It's gone. Say in Christ, it's gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ, thank God. And with all this going for us, my dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Not one thing. As we give glory and honor and praise to him.
beloved, what this is really about is our Father has been misunderstood, taught wrong. It's really about either our own self-righteousness, which is eating from the wrong tree,
Just allow the love of God to pour 